Hey, uh, this is Sam Steve. Welcome to This and That Pod, the podcast about anything, everything, and also nothing. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. Is that someone else's? <laughs> first section of this podcast is the big news section and we're going to be talking about the Trump impeachment and that whole scandal that's going on at the moment. Um, did you want to start us off? Basically, it's a familiar story involving a foreign power, a threat to Trump pre- pre- presidency. <laughs> 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 oh. Except for now he's in office and he decided to show us the evidence. What are you about? What? Because there, there was the Russia scandal. When oh, he right, was yeah. up to the election. Yeah. God, tried to get me on the Sorry. Uh, in July, the 25th of July, uh, Donald Trump called uh, the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, to congratulate him on an election win. Uh, Mr. Zelensky is a former TV star with no political experience, but was elected in a landslide victory in April of that I'm year. I'm sorry, you're talking about Zelensky. At the moment, I'm talking about Zelensky. Because yeah, you could just... just apply that to Trump. Like, I, I mean, it is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> two, I genuinely two, thought you got t- the Two reality stars <laughs> with zero political entry experience. Amazing. Is he knowledge. like, do you know if he's well regarded at all? What, Zelensky? Yeah. Um, unsure. I mean, he did star in a sitcom in Ukraine where he played the president. So that's actually not. It's kind of experience. It's kind of experience. <laughs> um, not much. Not much. <laughs> but uh, is it more than Trump had. I mean, he he was the boss at one point. Which one? Firing people. Oh, that Trump in, did that in the White House as well. Yeah, he does that a lot. But um, <clears throat> in this call with President Zelensky. Um, an anonymous whistleblower who is reported to be a CIA official. Quiet. Up and, up and coming. That is a good uh, not a big man. I don't think he's a big man. Apparently, it's cause, I'll tell you that in a minute. Okay. Filed a complaint um, about the call on the 12th of August. So it's a couple it's of a weeks. a while ago now. It's a couple it's of weeks. Nearly two months ago. Yeah, that's quite a long time ago. Um... In the complaint, the whistleblower admitted that they did not witness the call directly, so it was through third-hand accounts, but a number of accounts... I mean, second-hand. <laughs> Maybe second, third? I'm, I'm, I'm not the whistleblower. There's hands everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a number of them had painted a consistent picture, enough, obviously, to warrant a formal complaint. Yeah. Um, for a bit of background, about a dozen people were supposedly on the call, so it wasn't just... A small number. Dozen. A quite about that's a, a lot. That's a lot of people to listen into a call congratulating one leader to another on a victory. It's a lot of people so to try and baby, babysit Trump. That's the excuse that it was just a congratulations call. That was the me- that was meant to be the main reason for the call. Okay. And then so everyone gets excited because people want Trump impeached for anything. Practically, I mean, there's been two years of. Trying to get trying him gone, to get him gone for Russia, and now another Eastern Europe bloc country comes along with some saucy <laughs> phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> but um, additionally, the main one of the main reasons that this is uh, 
not particularly well liked by my uh, the whistleblower is because a couple of days before Mr. Trump personally had blocked three hundred and ninety one million dollars in military aid to Ukraine. Yeah, I saw that. <clears throat> I was going to talk about that as well, which obviously is what the whole thing's about. Yeah, because that's the uh, the first part of the bargain. Yeah, which you know, international blackmail essentially. You, you know, is that standard? Is. Is it just bad that because that's got out, or is that pretty standard? Well, I'll get onto it later, but the US did under, um, I think it was under Obama, um, the US had blocked, I think it was just over a billion dollars worth of military aid to the Ukraine, to Ukraine. So, almost worse. But we'll get on on to um, the difference between that time and this time. Okay. So... <clears throat> so Donald Trump blocked the aid, and uh, he did, or he threatened to. He he did. He did. It was meant to go through, but mis- mis- uh, it was approved by uh, Congress, but was blocked personally by the president, right. Donald Trump. So basically, after that, um, it seems from the cult. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so essentially, um, the whistleblower complained that Donald Trump had used the military aid as a bargaining chip in order to force the Ukrainians to open an investigation into Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, into his role at a gas company. And yeah. His, I believe he's a board, he was a board member. And Actually got a quote from Trump about that, which is oh, pretty interesting. Hit his with it. So I haven't written it down verbatim, because I'm lazy. And That's fine. I gave that up halfway through. So. No, nobody, no one on this call wrote that call down verbatim, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> keeping with the theme here. Yeah. Um, so he said, or wrote, I think it was, it's incredible to watch and read the fake news and how they protect the sleepy Joe Biden and his thrown out military son, Hunter. And then I started paraphrasing. (laughs) (laughs) Who dealt in $100,000 a month deals for an energy company in Ukraine without experience. And then he called out payouts for Hunter Biden of $1.5 billion from China as being illegitimate and without reason. Um, Finishing this by saying that Trump was under obligation to look into this corruption. And he wrote corruption in all capitals because... I mean, if you didn't, how would they know what to, to, what to look what into? What to emphasise. Yeah, but the best bit I like about that <laughs> is... The no experience. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> criticising someone for getting a job without experience. I mean, they both managed to do it, so... So, do you have any other from the background, or should we move on to the latest development with the I story? Actually, I actually have quite a bit more. So, the whistleblower's complaint found deeply disturbing that the president had solicited foreign aid um, to a domestic election, especially since uh, Joe Biden is currently the front-runner in the Democratic race. Yeah. Um, I believe it's M- Elizabeth Warren after, and then Bernie Sanders, but I think there is a not too... Not... What? I don't know, I'm just going to let this run for a little while because I've forgotten the word. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so it's important to note why this is actually a big deal and why he could get impeached and why people are calling him to be, well, forced out of the White House. 
and the essential thing is, as dodgy as all the other bits are, you're not allowed to ask foreign entities to help you to win a US election. No, that's that's what, essentially the crux of it. That's that's the whole Russia scandal that mm. was before when, um, where they investigated whether Donald Trump had solicited or any of his par any of his party or campaign had Putin's solicited the right memes to the help Putin. Him with this. Oh, the, the troll farms. The troll farms, yeah. Just, ima- just imagine a load of fish. Like, you know, they have, like, salmon farms. <laughs> just loads of, loads of fish just writing Trolls memes. Fish? Oh, okay. <laughs> In, like, little pens, like, flap out. Did you see the South Park episode on it? No, I hadn't seen it. It was like, I think... I think it was like a whole Danish... Not the whole Danish, a whole Scandinavian country was, like, a troll farm. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Oh, dear. But, uh, yeah, so... So do you want me to talk about, I talked about earlier, about the money that was withheld before? Yeah, yeah. So apparently, Mr. Mr. Trump, Donald Trump, has... Um, president Trump. Should I call him president? He's not my he president. Not, pres- my, not my president. Fair, yeah. I can call him Donald, I mean... But anyway, Donald Trump um, has liked to point out that Mr. Biden, uh, as vice president threatened to withhold about a billion dollars worth of aid from the Ukraine unless the prosecutor was fired. And I believe it was the prosecutor from this case, and he's been harkening back to that that prosecutor should be fired. However, the only difference is that instead of wanting to have somebody investigated in Donald Trump's case, or how Donald Trump's portraying it with Joe Biden being, don't investigate my son, it was a um, um, multi-country-led effort with the European Union also applying pressure and the International Monetary Fund applying yeah, pressure. Yeah. So it wasn't simply that came out a bit more with the uh, second whistleblower, which we'll talk yeah. about in a bit. Oh, excellent. But um, it also brings on. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's not the main issue. But onto the whole thing of like, so he's attacking Biden's son. Yes. Is Hunter Biden anything to do with Joe Biden's campaign? No. So. No. But that's kind of what you ex- kind of get from political campaigns. Yeah, and we're used to it, but um, I should mean, that be yeah. how it's done? Well, yeah. no, but then it's quite, it's like a human thing, isn't it? You attach somebody's actions to the actions around them, guilty by association. I mean, there's no doubt that the fact Hillary Clinton is the wife of Bill Clinton. Well, no, no one's ever questioned that. No, it's... Um, <laughs> Despite my multiple inquiries <laughs> to the New York Times, pretty sure they are actually nobody will in- open an investigation <laughs> to see if they're actually married. But um, there's no doubt that his own issues as uh, president tarnished her reputation. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's all uh, it's all to do with publicity in the votes, isn't it? Exactly. Especially as time I mean, there's no there's exactly why a reality and business star like Donald Trump could get in power in 2016, why a reality star in Ukraine could get in power. <laughs> it is interesting. Why Boris Johnson, a absolute <laughs> shocking individual, could get into power. Do you remember when everyone loved him? Yeah, because he was a human meme. Yeah. He was just mayor of London and he just did things. Yes, yeah, so no tackled, like, Oh, God, when he, had, he wiped out a Japanese kid, didn't he? On a tour, I think. God, he'd have loved, he, I thought he'd be on the pitch the other day, to be honest. <laughs> well, no, we haven't played Japan yet. Oh, just wait. He's just waiting in the wings. Eddie will call him up. <laughs> <laughs> before before Giuliani. Right, so, 
So we move on to the second whistleblower, which is the big update. What? Said Tribbiani instead of Cipriani. <laughs> Joey Tribbiani. Not even English. Uh, <laughs> it's also Danny Cipriani. Oh, he's not Joey, like is no he? No part of what he said was Bloody right. Yeah. I should just call him Golden Knuckles. <laughs> golden wrists. Right. Uh, so, the latest, <laughs> latest development with the whole case which, as with every attempt at impeachment of Trump, seems to just die down magically after a few months, um, is a second whistleblower, who's obviously also anonymous for now, and interestingly, found out, hasn't actually released an official complaint or anything. As of yet. As of yet. The 6th of October. But he has signed up with the same lawyer as the first whistleblower has, who is Mr. Zayad. But he's essentially, apparently got the information that he has, he was directly a witness of the phone calls. He didn't hear from it second, third or fourth hand. So he's, <laughs> he's in one of the many hands. There. He was on that big so old he was Skype actually on chat the whilst they were, yeah, he was in the LAN party. And he thought about not coming forward himself. He thought everything was ship shape. Yeah, I, I mean. Standard, isn't it? I don't know, yeah. Sort of just like, coming forward now, me too in Donald Trump. <laughs> Not for the first time. Not for the first time. Um, but yeah, one thing I thought I noted was interesting, it was sort of a throwaway remark by the lawyer. And of it seems the obvious. Yeah. It said that both whistleblowers um, can't be legally fired because of what they're doing. Which I agree with, but it's kind of an interesting point because, I mean, people will be fired over that all the time. Oh, yeah. How do they, certainly. What do you think about that? How do they police that? How does anything to do with that work it's just got to be anonymous hasn't it as much as you can but who verifies that it's a legitimate complaint then if it's going to be anonymous at what level do they get put out it is an interesting one because I know it's uh, my old work which I won't name for legal reasons <laughs> you can name it I can't name it no? they, might, they might know me <laughs> No, don't you? I was well known. Worked from home. Just for clarification, I worked from home twice a week. (laughs) Maximum. Maximum. Okay, you're mysterious. Except that one week in Miami. (laughs) Your mysterious old employer. Do you want to give... (laughs) No, it's going to be a running joke. (laughs) Okay, fine. Um, I'm fairly sure that... um, there was quite a procedure of whistleblowing in place because obviously you. it was me. I, I was <laughs> I the whistleblower. whistleblower. The superhero. <laughs> yeah. I am whistleblower. You're not a fucking superhero. <laughs> but um, I'm fairly sure it was handled by an independent group um, that were brought in from outside. Right. Okay. So, so nothing to do and keep it separate. That's the best way to do it, isn't it? Because... The only problem is, if you have it internal, especially at this level, it's still interconnected. There's no true impartiality in this kind of setting. Yeah. The only thing is, what it seems, is the first whistleblower is from the CIA, if that's correct. Um, You could very much have somebody from the Department of Justice run that independently. Um, Obviously, you could question how independent the Department of Justice is, considering Mike Pompeo was also on that call. And decided not to raise any 
problems. So at least 10 other people as well. Yeah. So. Also, I, th- I believe Mr. Trump um, cited that he can, the U- Ukrainian president should talk to Mike Pompeo, who is the secretary of the Department of Justice, and personally helping to get this investigation rolling. So. Can we also talk about, <laughs> obviously, Vladimir Zelensky was in the call. Um, yes. Because the call was to him. <laughs> it would have been a uh, an odd call if it hadn't. But can we mention... I wouldn't actually be surprised if he'd wrong, wrong the wrong person. <laughs> talk about uh, that video of him saying he's not under pressure to help out the president. Yeah, with his so campaign. I guess it's it's like I whilst think, the I president think... is staring, <laughs> <laughs> he felt no pressure to help out. Um, while Donald <laughs> Donald is burning, he has the most <laughs> two holes in the back of his head. I mean, <laughs> Zelensky has the most amazing, like comical. What do I say? Eyes. He's like looking side to side. My best thing is he's he's doing his best. He's speaking English, which yeah, is most I certainly mean, not his that first language. Help. Yeah. And the only word he has to speak in Ukrainian to his translator is election. <laughs> He's more than fine saying he doesn't want to get involved. He doesn't want to get anywhere near this. He wants the Americans to be, leave him alone. Oh, yeah. And it's just election he, he needs help with. Oh. Oh, man, he did not look happy, calm. Honestly, no, he wanted fact, to go. the fact he's an actor probably helped quite a lot. Yeah. I wonder if that was an episode of one of these. The last thing, really, is obviously people say, well, there must be a transcript of the call. And the White House gladly say, yeah, look, here it is. It's all fine. Anyone can read it. You've read it. You don't need to ask whistleblowers what they think of it. And then everyone said, this is clearly a partial transcript. And it's it's not the whole conversation. It's quite an interesting one, because... Donald Trump came out and said, "You can have a full verbatim transcript." Yeah. And on the <laughs> they all just looked at each other and went, "Fuck!" <laughs> one on, on the first line of the transcript, it says, "Not verbatim." Does it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just. I mean, who would quote someone not verbatim? <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Shoddy workmanship, Sam. <laughs> yeah, <I> <laughs> But yeah, so now the State Department's being subpoenaed for the real transcript. God, everyone's being subpoenaed. I think it's about three or four, five. I want to be subpoenaed. Congressional. <laughs> I'm half expecting mine to come through the door tomorrow. Yeah. So. What do I know about it? Not a lot. So that's essentially where we are on the case. We're just um, waiting to see. Sunday now, so hopefully tomorrow. Weekday, we get to hear from the second whistleblower, maybe get some concrete evidence that can be pushed under the rug again. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe you'll survive, maybe you won't. Yeah. But it's surprising that after everything that he's gone through, you know, from the very start, in terms of grabbing by the pussy, <laughs> he could walk in Times Square Grab and shoot somebody. <laughs> All Mexicans oh, are my, rapists and my, murderers. My favourite was making fun of a disabled person. You've not seen that one? I haven't seen that one. I probably he's have, like, to be honest. You should have I seen forgot, this guy. And then he starts like... Oh, he's talking, oh, he's talking about one of the um, reporters. 
on the air because he's got I think it's cerebral palsy. Yeah. And he's like, then starts. Oh God. So <laughs> we'll end on that. Oh Cheery God. <laughs> we'll move on to uh, flowers. Right, so second story um, is going to be our uplifting story. The uplip- uplifting section. The uplifting of the story. section of the story, <laughs> uh, where we try to pick something happy in the news because otherwise it's just going to be full of shit. Always depressing. Yeah, and the one we spotted today on scrolling uplifting news in Reddit <laughs> <laughs> was that people are planning to plant fifteen million wildflower seeds. Across the UK to help the bee population. Damn, that's a lot of that's a lot of flowers. It's a lot, lot well, it's a lot of seeds. Oh. They might just never grow. Oh god. <laughs> that's not uplifting. No, but it's got potential. Right? That's awful. It's fifteen million potential flowery boys to help out the the bees. Um which, oddly enough, the first time today I actually saw a wildflower section. Just down the road, that said, "Like, please don't cut. This is for the bees." I saw that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I did see someone with a hedge like, trimmer the other day walking around that. I was thinking, "Don't do it. It's gonna kill the bees." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's pretty cool to see it. I mean, on our doorstep, and then find a article about it later. Um, but we should probably talk about why that needs to happen, which is essentially like the bees are fucked. There's always, and, there's always a lot of noise about bees dying, but yeah. not a lot of people give a fuck. No. Well, people care, but they're just like, move on with their lives, yeah. I suppose. Which... Maybe just because you think there's a lot of bees, whereas... <laughs> no, but the, the, Constantly like, think that. When, no, but when you think about bees. bees, you're like, oh, there's like a hundred million bees, right? And then like when a tiger gets killed, you're like, whoa, there's only like three of them left. <laughs> but <laughs> hit me with some facts about bees. So, right, How many so, left? Are there three bees left? Well, how many bees are left? But I've got some pretty depressing stats about bees. Sick. For the, for the uplifting section, <laughs> time for some depressing facts. So, commercial beekeepers report that since 2006, 29 to 45% of them have died per year, or decrease in population per year <laughs> since 2006. Which is a lot. That's a lot of bees lot. to, to um, yeah. go missing. Yeah. <laughs> Not coming back. Um, for us in the UK specifically, thought to have had 25 UK species of bee. Uh, three are extinct now and two are critically endangered. So, I mean, if you take that as five out of 25 are gone, that's not too good. That's 20%. <laughs> that's really not good. <laughs> not going to lie, I didn't know there were 25 species of bee. No, me neither. It would have been interesting if I'd wrote them down. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's Bumble. There was a picture of the Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> it said the humble Bumblebee. <laughs> oh, I have to admit, nice. whenever I see one of those big Bumble bastards oh, flying boys. around the size of a car, units. sometimes I half expect them to ask me ID just walking through town. <laughs> it's classic but um and so that's why the bees are fucked and why does why should we care why should we care if the bees are gone well apparently 100 crops 
that provide the world's food, which is insanely round a number for my liking, but apparently there's 100. And 70 of those 100 crops um, rely on bees for pollination. So if the bees gone, that's uh, 70% of our food. I have to admit, when I was working at my old uh, company, which oh will remain unnamed... It would actually be useful if we said what you worked for at this point. But we, ca- we can't say, because... If I say, are you going to bleep it? I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> I will find it and edit it out. <laughs> so when you used to work for... B&Q. <laughs> B&Q. I hope that pun's not lost in everyone. Oh, I got it. Don't worry. Uh, Thanks for pointing it out more, though. Yeah, a lot, a lot of farmers would use bees in their uh, pollination. Right. They would, um, even in like soft fruit areas, they would send in, close off the greenhouses for about a week, maybe a couple of days, and they would send bees into there, um, basically just to pollinate. Yeah. So. They are very, very useful. Yeah, they are. But I got a couple of bullet points from the Bumblebee Conservation Trust Damn. about why they're dying. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's the direct reasons on them are well, a load of them, to be <laughs> honest. Com- compromised immune response, shorter life cycles in general, impaired memory and learning, so that means they don't know where to go to find their yeah. food and things. Disorientation, same thing. Reduced social communication, again, same thing. They can't find things because they communicate, say, where the pollen's at. And malnutrition due to a gut microbe. So they're kind of screwed across the board, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, those kind of things kind of sound... Not our fault? Yeah. Yeah, but when you mix that with 97% of the UK's wildflower meadows have disappeared over the last 80 years... Those two sets of info together don't don't bode well. No, definitely not. And that's why this initiative is so good. And yeah. why we've highlighted it. Because 15 million flower seeds is what I can only imagine is a lot of flowers. <laughs> oh, fuck, I can't imagine how many fields they will fill. But I've heard it's a lot. At least three. Maybe four. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, that's that whole initiative has been started by the Backyard Nature Campaign, um, which is endorsed by Kate Middleton, because, hey, why not? You've got to get someone on the ticket. You do. And uh, Danny uh, from Blue was busy that weekend. Well, if Kate Middleton wants to <laughs> endorse this podcast, that would be really <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, we, we, could, we could change it to the Royal This and That podcast, right. and we, we'll cover Royal News. We I'm will really do it. for Royal News. I just want. I just, just want need, the endorsement. I just need, I just need the endorsement. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be too bothered if it was Harry's, but if it's Squarespace by the end. Don't shit on the, the only people that might sponsor. will sponsor anyone. <laughs> so Squarespace, if you're listening, please. <laughs> we don't have a website yet, but we're more than willing to make one. But yeah, so the backyard nature campaign. Uh, only launched in July, so it's only a few months old. Already, it's estimated they've managed to plant 330,000 seeds handed out by the food warehouse and branches of Iceland, the supermarket. Okay. Good, good on them, I suppose. That's why mums go to Iceland? Wild flowers. I can't believe he said that. <laughs>
Okay, and now we come to the final section of the podcast, and this is based around news around the world. Maybe something that potentially you wouldn't really hear about on normal news media. Something good, bad, or indifferent. Just trying to broaden our horizons yeah, and find something away else from the Western about world. the world. Um, unfortunately, this week we picked something that has been in the news quite a lot. <laughs> we have, um, although somehow I didn't know about it before. Yeah, some, somehow, <laughs> despite it going on for about five months, um, <laughs> Sam had no idea that this was happening. Not a clue. I'm surprised you didn't book your holiday and just ended up at the airport and just saw a load of people protesting. Well, you know, we're, <laughs> we're not talking about British Airways, by the way. We're talking about the uh, Hong Kong riots and protests. So, yes, we're talking about Hong Kong and the current protests that are underway and have been going on since June. Yeah. A long time. So, what happened was... Essentially, Hong Kong has been an independent, well, semi-independent since be uh, territory. I would yeah, say. Yeah, not country. No, I didn't. No, I didn't I say that. I, yeah, I don't think it's its own country, but it's its own territory. Yeah. Since the UK gave it back to China, and it was meant to have, I believe, ninety-nine years of independent rule. Okay. Until it was given oh, yeah. back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, because I believe, I'm. Not sure if I'm right, but I'm fairly sure in the original contract it was meant to be, like, forever. But they wrote 99 down. Or the word they used meant 99. They're like, it'll never be 99 years. That's too far in the future. Yeah. And now we're about 40 years away, I think. But they've jumped the gun, right? Yeah, so... um, Essentially, what kicked this off was... um, A piece of legislation was laid in the Hong Kong uh, legislature... Um, legislation in the legislature. Honestly, I don't know if they've got a parliament. I don't know if they've got a Congress-style system. I imagine they have a parliament of some description because of the connection I mean, to something. the UK. But their legislator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was so that Hong Kong citizens could be deported to mainland China um, for whatever reason. A lot of um, Hong Kong citizens protested this. And at first there was a bit of resistance. They weren't going to get rid of it. Um, but eventually they bowed to pressure. They took it off. They took it off being talked about and debated. Um, and then they scrapped it. And then there was talk of the leader of the Hong Kong um, parliament. I'm going to go with parliament for now. Yeah. Um, sure. Carrie Lam standing down. Um, apparently she hasn't. Um, but ever since there's been protests and as many things do, it's spiralled into a general kind of unhappiness with the government uh, how close hong kong has seemed to have got to beijing and general unrest and yeah. unease but uh, now so that's sort of the whole story that's, behind the yeah riots so that's ki- that's kind of a brief overview of why there's been riots in hong kong and they've been going on for a very long time they've showed no real let up in not intensity i think they've had their largest marches yeah. behind them but there seems to be good pockets of kind of protests here and there all over the city and on the 4th of October mm-hmm. there was a new use of emergency powers by Carrie Lam um, which allowed which, to, be honest, to ban face masks holding the uh, the mask bit at the moment just that 
that phrase, the... Uh... Emergency powers. Yeah, it never sounds good, does it? No, it's always... It's such a broad term. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't that the... Um, essentially, Dick Cheney got away with a lot of stuff because of enacting that, right? Oh, God, I don't actually know. Well, I watched the film, there was something like that. They called, <laughs> it, they called it God Mode in the film. God Mode. Which, uh, probably not what it's called in the... <laughs> the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> but, Activate God Mode. God mode. But, yeah. And it's also what uh, Darth Sidious used. <laughs> but I know, as you said before, <laughs> we were talking about it earlier, the problem with telling protesters they're not allowed to do something is they're kind of already doing a whole bunch of things they're not allowed to do. Yes, yeah, so they're already <laughs> protesting and a lot of the protests are, you know, clashing with police and most certainly they'd be arrested if they were, you know, brought beyond police line. Yeah. You know, if they were to go into police custody. So it seems counterintuitive to ban something that protects their identity. Well, I think I think it's to... It could be as an excuse of an easy way to be able to arrest people, isn't it? It's like, oh, what are they doing wrong? They're just here. Whereas if you see a bunch of people with masks, you now have legal right to arrest them. I was, yeah, I did think about this and whether it just allows such powers to use to criminalise the protesters even more. Yeah. I was watching... um, a documentary about Vietnam mm-hmm. and the protests, obviously, in the US at the time. And there was a very strong kind of um, hippie left culture that were protesting. It wasn't gaining traction until the kind of middle class Americans were also involved. Because then you've got the sway of the votes and you've got the sway of money. You've got money in there as well. Yeah, and ultimately the Especially people... Especially key in America. The people, yeah, the people that generally just want to get on with their lives are finally touched by the issue. Now, whether that's, you know, you could ask why that happened, it's not really the issue, but once it reaches that critical mass, then the change starts to begin. So I wonder if the real aim of this banning masks, because all it does is force people to wear masks to cover their identity, so they're no longer criminalised. They can't be easily picked off, you know, away from the protests. So all you're doing is then creating a masked protests so you're turning individual people you think, wait you think that banning masks will mean more people will wear masks yeah i think so interesting what do you think well i think well i don't know as we know i don't know much about this <laughs> but i mean some people will just suddenly be scared of going out and protesting and will therefore not do it anymore because they don't want to wear a mask. And I'm they, not going to lie, some, of, some of the identity. protests I've seen have not been really for the faint of heart. No. Um, I mean, part of the story is that the other day, the first protest, um, one protester has been shot. Boy, an 18-year-old yeah. um, who was shot in the chest by a police officer after his unit was involved in a skirmish with protesters armed with pipes. Um, Did he survive? Yeah, apparently he's in hospital in a stable condition, but he was charged with rioting. So he's he's still arrested. But if he hadn't been shot and he wore a mask and then went away after the protest, he's still committed a crime under these new laws, but would he really be caught? We don't know. But I, I personally think that banning the masks 
forces people to kind of wear the masks to adopt them as a symbol of defiance. That's true. My only worry there is that by removing the human aspect of the protests and having masked people running around, potentially causing some violent protests, you dehumanise them to be able to... Do things like shoot them. Yes, essentially, but also kind of have that kind of perception, media perception of these people aren't protesting for what they believe. They are simply on the streets causing issues. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's I, that's what I would see as the government's angle with this. It's not really to stop the use of masks so they can now arrest no, people. No, because they can't right. really think that no, it's going to stop No, that. absolutely not. Uh, I think it's probably a larger and a wider um, attempt to get these you know, force this kind of protest movement into their ball game. It would be interesting to see the wording of it as well. I mean, what counts as a face mask? Well, it's funny you should say that because um, it's quite interesting because a lot of residents of Hong Kong wear face masks yeah. for um, health reasons. Health reasons. It's quite polluted. It's quite pol- there's quite a lot of pollution, but one of the main reasons is there was an outbreak of SARS in 2003 that killed a number of people. So, yeah, it's interesting. How would you define it? Yeah. Um, and um, that's why... It... Well, the one positive is, I think, that people are still willing to protest because there's a lot of articles and criticism of the public in general these days all over the world that we've lost our aggression almost to stand up for what I think where yeah I think where this has come into more than anything is it's not just an issue of policy but it's about identity you know you start removing the parameters that make these people Hong Kong and just China then Mm. they lose their identity as separate especially when you can see the issues of China and their kind of political landscape but yeah on that (laughs) On that lovely note, that's the end of our News Around the World section. Yeah. Do you just want to riff for a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, So to finish the This and That pod, we're going to step away from all the notes we've taken and the research and just either talk about anything and, to be honest, probably just result in sport especially when Steve is a Man United fan and not eight hours ago six hours ago they lost to Newcastle 1-0 it was pretty abysmal um, didn't watch the match I was unfortunately doing research for the pod um, <laughs> but I followed it a little bit online with text and it did not look good <laughs> and nobody has come out I've not seen a single positive thing said by the players, the manager, any commentator about the performance or the spirit shown or even the usual bullshit, you know, you say after you have a shit loss. It's just awful. Um, leaves us 12, nine points, two off the relegation, even though I don't think there's any chance of relegation. It's still not good. I mean, it, again, you know, another... Everyone another... else that isn't a Man United fan... It's great. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing like, for everyone else. Um, it makes the away record, which was already a joke, even worse. I think it's 11 games, no wins. 
The last away win United had was the one against PSG. Oh, that one. Yeah, that that comeback. That was like their last good game, right? Uh, yeah, unfortunately it was. Because after that, I think Ollie got the full-time job and the yeah. curse came Ollie's in. at the wheel, mate. You know what? Just getting back as interim manager, we'll be all right. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can't you can't really say that. It wasn't a great day for either Manchester. Not a day for Manchester in general, Man- was Man it? Man City lost 2-0 to Wolves. <laughs> who are also not having a great season. No, they're not, but, you know, that's a big win for them. Just, like, something to that's a big win for cheer them. about. Yeah, probably take start, might take them away from the relegation yeah. and set up their system for the rest of the uh, season. Try and get mid-table. Try to yeah. rescue something for that. But it's really not a win for Wolves. It's a win for dear old Liverpool that we live very close to. We live very close to Liverpool. And we hear the singing <laughs> quite often if you go out. God. To a pub at any time of the week when there's football on, <laughs> which I'm all for them winning, to be honest. But uh, not being much of a football fan, I'm just like, yeah, they haven't won it for a while. But I can't this is a Man United fan that would rather it. see City win again, right? So than Liverpool City to win. win. <laughs> City win. You win three times. No one cares. It's legitimately, no one cares. There's about four fans in the stadium. Noel Gallagher cares. Noel Gallagher cares, but Noel Gallagher's not. Gives a shit about I'm Noel calling Gallagher. Noel Gallagher out in this very first pod because he called out Lewis Capaldi <laughs> for being shit. So I'll call him out. <laughs> but um, no, the Rugby World Cup oh, is at the moment. And my relationship with the Rugby World Cup has been. Sam very is Sam's a big r- rugby fan, and I. Know very little of international <laughs> rugby. Fuck before three no, 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 I knew, I knew, you knew a little bit. Else. You knew a little bit. I knew your rooks. I knew the offside. I knew you kicked. You thought George North was Sam Burgess. So a fun fact about George North <laughs> is that he actually changed codes from rugby union to league after a poor after performance, a poor, a poor performance with the Lions tour in Australia. The Lions tour. It was the Lions tour in Australia. <laughs> it was. So um. George, if you're listening, carry on, mate. Chins up. <laughs> Code up. <laughs> Code down. <laughs> oh, but no, um, New Zealand seem dominant. Well, um, yeah, it's partly... They're always dominant, aren't they? Yeah. And they've just had Absolutely. Canada and Namibia, who are not forces of nature I mean, in the rugby world. They and they've got, stacked what, up they score over 40 points oh. over those two games. God. And they only conceded, what, 12? Like nine, twelve, something like that. Yeah. I know Namibia scored nine. Yeah. And Canada scored. Canada, they kind of didn't get anything. Oh god, that's terrible. It was painful. That's bad. But in other news, there's been some. If you follow any rugby at all, you would have seen that Japan beat Ireland. Oh, that was a fantastic game. It was amazing. Where where were we? Because we didn't watch it at the beginning. No, we, we had to watch it much. We watched it that night. Yeah. Um. And it was ecstatic is the only word. Yeah, it. even watching that it, Japanese team played so hard. They played their little hearts. They out. played so well. But the thing is, what I liked about it was that they didn't just play with gusto. They weren't just the underdog. They played well. They dominated. They played great yeah. rugby. Their passing game, their movement off the ball to create the lanes and create lanes, the overlaps. Length. Lanes. Not lanes. Lanes, yeah. The running lanes. Sure. Oh, yeah. Lines. Lines, lanes. 
<laughs> you don't run on a line. You run on a lane. You run on a line. Right. Listen, I'm the rugby coach. <laughs> despite despite uh, Curly clarifying, I didn't know rugby. I know it now. <laughs> but no, they played exceptionally well. Yeah, it was quite something. And they've got the big match next week against Scotland to see if they get through to the quarters for the first time ever. They're not get through to the quarters now. Anyway, no, it's um, it's not just a decision of first and second. Everyone in that pool has three wins except for Russia and Samoa. So it's between Ireland, Scotland, and Japan. Japan, obviously, with the big home advantage. So, fingers crossed for Japan, because fuck Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time oh. to end the pod. So, thanks for listening, if you made it all the way through. Um, yeah, that's the this and that pod. See ya. See you later. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our very first pod. Please check us out on social media. We've got Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at this and that pod. Thanks again. Thanks again.